Anger can be a powerful and dangerous emotion, and the Bible has some clear warnings on how we're meant to handle it. Find out today on Bold Steps with Mark Job. There are some of you that have a landing strip of bitterness or anger or unresolved issues in your life, and you can blame it on the devil and blame it on the enemy and say that you're under attack, but the only way that you stop it is destroy the landing strip through repentance, through forgiveness, through dealing with the issues, destroy it so he can't keep landing in the same spot and defeating you. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute, and Mark is senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Is there something in life making you angry? Maybe it's a relationship causing you grief or a problem in life that you just can't seem to let go of. Maybe you're trying to change, but no matter what, those feelings of anger in the pit of your stomach just won't go away. Well, if we're being honest, most of us have something that makes us angry, even if it's just what we hear in the news. But when anger digs in deep and gets a foothold in our heart, that's when we're in real danger. That's exactly what we'll be talking about today as we continue a message titled, How to Survive in an Age of Rage. So here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. Bitterness is this, this, this anger of the soul that has not been dealt with. And I see many, many people that are bitter against their father, their mother, someone that hurt them in the past, and they let that bitterness fester, and that bitterness starts to defile them, and it starts to take away their, their joy. I've seen people leave the church or leave the family of God because they, they get hurt by someone and don't deal with it, and it, it becomes bitterness in their soul. So when they come to church, they view everything through the lens of bitterness. Someone says, how you doing, brother? And gives them, oh, yeah, you're just saying that because you hey you want to come over yeah what do you want from me because you do it you know we see everything suspiciously everything through the eyes of negativity when we let bitterness begin to cloud our soul the bible is clear if you're angry if you're bitter don't let it go past 24 hours deal with it deal with it immediately and then lastly here's what he tells us listen So not only don't let it turn, don't keep it overnight, and lastly, don't give it a foothold. And this is probably the most important point I'm going to give you tonight. Anger can open the door that allows spiritual poison to fill your life. Don't give the devil a foothold. Wait a second. He's talking about anger. And, and what he says is, is think, about, think about what a foothold is. A foothold is an entrance that allows access to a greater part of your life. It's like a door stopper. A door stopper is a foothold. As have you ever been to an elevator and the elevator's closing and, and, and what do you do? Sometimes you put your foot there. What, what's that? A foothold because the doors can't close. And what happens when you get your foot in, into a door? Well, in elevators, the automatically it opens up and you can get your whole body in there. What, what the Apostle Paul is telling us is if you don't deal with anger, 
what you're doing is you're giving the enemy an opportunity to put his foot in your door. And when he has a foot in your door, he can get a lot of other stuff into your life that he normally wouldn't be able to get in your life if there wasn't a foothold. But once he gains a foothold, then he encamps there and he opens up the door and um, lust comes in there and jealousy and lukewarmness of heart and a critical spirit and a whole bunch of other stuff starts coming into your life through the foothold. The devil, hey, why do you think the devil wants a foothold? The devil wants a foothold because he wants to get every negative thing that he can, every destructive thing that he can into your life. I believe that anger comes attached with a lot of other things. I believe, for example, that, that there's a direct cor correlation between anger and lust. Show me a man that's anger a lot, and I'll show you a man that lust attaches itself to anger, and, it, and, and there's a foothold. If you are an angry person and don't deal with your anger, I can guarantee, guarantee that you struggle with big time with lust. Because anger is this urging emotion that drags within it all kinds of things that gets into our door. And as you feel this hurt and anger, you want to medicate it somehow. And oftentimes with men, the way we medicate our pain is through drowning it. And you can start drinking or you can start doing soft drugs or hardcore drugs or another way that's much more acceptable in society is through lust. And you placate your anger, your hurt through lust. You become, listen, you become addicted to something that makes you feel good to ease the pain of the anger that's driving you. You say, well, my anger's no big deal. No, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because it's a foothold. If you're in the addiction world, they call soft drugs uh, gateway drugs, right? Most people don't jump into, like, doing nothing to, like, shooting up cocaine or hardcore. There's gateway drugs. You start with little, and it kind of opens up the door. Listen, that's the way it is with anger. Anger is one of those footholds that opens up a door in your life that keeps the door open for the enemy to have access to your life and bring a lot of garbage and junk into your life. And the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's what he'll do with your family, your finances, your emotions, your kids. If you give him an open door and keep it open through anger. I had a conversation with a brother just this past Sunday. I, don't, I can't tell if he's here or not. But I had a conversation with a brother this past Sunday. He says, you know what? He said, he, he, he said I, think, I think there's a curse on me and my family. I said, why? And he went on to describe just a lot of damage to him, to his family, his kids, his finances, lost uh, churches. He can't be at a church. And he was describing, he says, I, I think there's a curse. I said, brother, let me tell you this. I said, I know that the enemy probably comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And maybe the enemy, I, I'm, I'm sure the enemy has something to do what's happening in your life. But, but let me tell you this. If we have a landing strip in our life that gives the enemy access, then he'll continue to bring his airplanes with all of his garbage and land in our life. 
What you, needed to do, what you need to do is destroy the landing strip that he keeps landing on to bring all his, all his weapons of demolition into your life. So it's not just about the enemy attacking you. It's about what have you allowed in your life that gives the enemy a foothold to do damage to your life? What's the landing strip? You know, here in Chicago, I don't know if you remember years ago, Mayor Daly, old uh, Mayor Daly, he, did, he didn't like the airport that was downtown. So in the middle of the night, he took his bulldozers and they just tore up the landing strip so no one could land there. Everybody remember that? And there was a big hoopla over it. But guess what? No airplanes landed anymore. Can I tell you? There are some of you that have, uh, th- that have a landing strip of bitterness or anger or of unresolved issues in your life that you haven't dealt with, haven't forgiven, haven't dealt with, and it gives the enemy a landing strip, and he keeps landing on it, and you can blame it on the devil and blame it on the enemy and say that you're under attack, but the only way that you stop it is destroy the landing strip through repentance, through forgiveness, through dealing with the issues, destroy it so he can't keep landing in the same spot and defeating you. So he says, pursue peace with everyone, as well as holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness springs up to cause trouble and to defile many. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. Later on in this passage in Ephesians, it says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. So let me close with this challenge to you. I'm going to challenge you to do something that I do. I try to do every day. I pray through the Lord's prayer. And there's a part of the Lord's Prayer that says, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What we're saying to God is, God, we want you to forgive us like we forgive others. That's leverage. How do you want God to forgive you? completely, fully, not to bring it up again, not to hold it against you. That's how you want the forgiveness of God to be, right? Then God says, that's how I want you to forgive others. Stop holding it against them. Stop holding a read of bitterness. I have seen leaders destroyed because of bitterness. I've seen people that I deeply cared for and love that have lost their joy because they allowed a root of bitterness to get a hold of them. And I believe that a root of bitterness, listen, if, you are, uh, if you're the head of your household, if you're in a family, you had children, you have a marriage, if you let a root of bitterness get a hold of you, the, in, in Hebrews, this is what it says, it, 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 you, you, you diminish the grace of God, that root of bitterness springs up and it causes trouble and it defiles many. It'll affect many people around you. Today's Bold Steps message with Mark Job will continue in a moment, but a word to our bold partners. Thank you for your support, which makes this program possible. Mark, we sure enjoy a lot of friends out there who see this ministry's value. Absolutely. We get messages from listeners all over the country, and we love to hear from them. Some of them just excited about what they're learning, others going through really 
difficult times like this listener named Rich. Yeah, he wrote to us and he said, my wife unfortunately has lost her mom about a month ago. This has been a real struggle for her and rightfully so. It's also been a struggle for myself and our two sons. She has good days and bad ones, but mostly bad ones. She asked me recently, why would God take her mom away now? Hmm. She's also said when she prays, she finds herself praying angry. I'm trying to give her biblically-based support as well as emotional support, but I'm at a loss at what to do for her. I feel helpless because I love my wife very much, and my heart breaks when I see her like this. And then he adds, I listen to Pastor Mark every night on WFCJ here in Dayton, Ohio. What a heartfelt letter, huh? Yeah. So, Rich, let me first say I am so sorry about the loss of your mother-in-law. And it really comes through the love that you have for your wife and for your son. So let me just acknowledge that. And Rich, death is always a difficult thing. But I would encourage you, your wife doesn't always necessarily need answers from you. What she needs is your presence. She needs you to be there, to hug her, to listen, to continue to express to her that you are there for her. And let me just say this about grief. Grief is normal. It's natural. It's not a bad thing. Grief comes in waves. And so sometimes it feels like she's getting better and she'll get a wave of grief. The thing to watch out for, Rich, is to make sure it doesn't turn into depression or negative. And if you feel like your wife is going in that direction, Um, I think I would encourage you to get some counseling or to join a grief support group. There may be one in your area. But I also want to just remind you that the Psalms are filled with David expressing his anguish to God. Sometimes he seems angry at God. Sometimes he's very sad. So to pray in the midst of our emotions is not a bad thing. God understands it, but don't let it turn to depression. Rich, I love your heart. Keep loving on your wife. Be present, listen, show affection, and I believe that your wife will make it through this. Well, thanks so much, Mark. And by the way, again, thank you to our bold partners for helping us continue important discussions like this one. If you haven't yet joined us, but you'd like to start playing a part in this gospel ministry, sign up today to become a Bold Partner by going online to boldstepsradio.org. You choose the monthly amount to give, but when you sign up to give a gift of $30 or more, you'll be qualified for a 50% discount off any purchase made in the online store at moodypublishers.org. And you'll receive a signed copy of Mark's book, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call, as well as an exclusive bi-weekly email from Mark full of encouraging lessons and videos. So again, please partner with us today by visiting boldstepsradio.org. All right, let's return to the final part of today's message from Mark. It's titled, How to Survive in an Age of Rage. I'm just wondering if someone's around you has been asking you recently, what's wrong with you? Why are you so angry? Why are you irritated? Wife been saying, stop driving crazy. Have your kids looked at you intimidated because you go off and your mouth is just intimidating them? If you've if you have a foothold, if you've put, allowed the enemy a foothold, I'm, I guess I'm gonna ask you, how long are you gonna leave that foothold there? Some of you need to say tonight, God. 
I will not let my life, my family, my relationships be defiled by my hurt and bitterness and anger. I'm going, I want to deal with the root of it. I want to take the door stopper out and close that door. And I'll close that door as many times as I have to close it because how many of you know that hurt keeps coming back and you have to deal with it. It's not a one-time thing. You have to deal with it again. You have to forgive again. You have to deal with the emotions. You, it's a process. It's a, it's a disposition. It's a default mode to say, I've been hurt, but you know what? I've hurt others too. I've been I've damaged, but God has forgiven me, and I'm going to forgive and release people the way that God forgave me, the way that God has released me. That's the way I'm going to do it. I'm not going to leave a stopper in the door. I'm not going to let my bitterness damage my children. I'm not going to let my words come out as vicious knives to my wife. I'm not going to damage her image. I'm not going to let my kids be raised up in fits of anger that diminish and minimize and intimidate them so that they grow up doing the same thing because patterns are repeated. If you're here tonight and you say, you know, I, I, think, there's a, I think there's a door stopper in my door that I need to remove. I'm going to ask us just to bow our heads. You say there's a door stopper in my door that needs to be removed. I know there's a door stopper that I need to remove because I'm letting anger keep the door open and a lot of other stuff is coming in there. Go ahead, just raise your hand if you say there's a door stopper that needs to be taken out. All right. There's a lot. Now, you know that there's anger there or bitterness, but let me ask you there, do you know why it's there? Maybe you don't even know why it's there, but I, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, go to the place, what is it that causes you pain? Usually the, the anger is related to pain. Let me tell you, it's usually not the people that are far from us that bring pain. It's the people that are close to us. It's the trauma that happened close to us. What's, what's the pain that's there? And have you stepped into that pain? And have you said, Lord, this is hurtful. It damaged it. It destroyed something inside of me. It took something away. But God, I'm... Yeah, it hurts, Lord. But I'm choosing to allow you to begin to heal that. I'm choosing to face my pain and ask you to, bring, to start to bring healing. I'm choosing to start to forgive to release, to let go, to declare forgiveness. And God, as many times as I have to, God, I will not let my anger, I will not let my anger, I, I, I'll be angry, but I'm not going to let it turn. I'm not going to let it stay overnight. 
And I'm not going to let the devil get a foothold. I will not be what my father was maybe or my uncle or how I was raised. My children will not see an angry, out-of-control father. God, I will allow you to deal with that pain the way that only you can, Lord. And Father, I will close that door a hundred times, however many times I have to close that door. Because when my wife hears my voice, it's going to be the voice of encouragement and it's going to be the voice of love. When my children hear me, it's not going to be, they're not going to remember me as that yelling, angry, out of control, always irritated man. But they're going to remember a loving father who deep inside wasn't perfect, but, but showed love on them and encouraged them with those words, God, and dealt with their pain by going to God and allowing God to bring healing and forgiveness. I'm going to release and forgive the way that you've released and forgiven me, God. I pray, Jesus, that even tonight you would start that healing process, God. I pray that even tonight, God, that, that footholds, that doors will be closed, that pain will be acknowledged, that people would start the process of forgiveness, God. I thank you for these men, God. I pray that they be filled with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that you've called them to lead, to influence. I thank you that they are carriers of your spirit. I pray for that man right now that feels utterly inadequate. I pray that they would start see the, seeing themselves as a man of God. I thank you that you've deposited your Holy Spirit inside of us. All the goodness of God is inside of us, God. I pray that you would begin to saturate their soul and life with that. I pray that you would redraw their image, God, as they look at themselves in the mirror, that they would not see who they were, God, but that they would see that they are men washed by the blood of Jesus, called men of worth, men of dignity, men of value, men of courage, holy men of God, called of God, men of compassion and strength, God. I pray that they would start to re-see themselves the way you see them, God. I thank you for the process of sanctification. I pray for the men, God, that are tired tonight. And, and just like, I'm never going to change. I keep falling back. It's too hard. I pray that you would encourage them with perseverance, God. I pray that they would sense, God, that you are working, that they would not give up, God, that you would continue to sanctify their lives by the power of the living Jesus. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And what a powerful prayer to the men in attendance and to all of us listening now. That's Mark Job here on Bold Steps, the conclusion of a message titled How to Survive in an Age of Rage. Mark, following up on that prayer and looking at sanctification and perseverance, you're beginning a message tomorrow, a series called Fully Devoted. Yeah, this message series is all about being all in. 
Sometimes we're only partially in, but this is fully devoted, 100% in on God's mission and God's plan for our lives. Mark, we heard your message today given to the men at the Walk Worthy Conference. It's actually one of those coming up real soon. Wayne, we are very, very excited about this Saturday's Walk Worthy Men's Event. If you haven't heard about it and you live in the Canton, Ohio area, you need to get on, register right now. I'm going to be there in person, so I hope to see you. I hope some of you will come up to me and say, hey, I heard on Moody Radio. Ed Stetzer is going to be speaking, just a phenomenal uh, world-class speaker. Uh, Pastor Mike Fabaris, who has a program here on Moody Radio, just a great guy that speaks to men all over the country, and myself. It will be held at the Canton Baptist Temple in Canton, Ohio, this Saturday. And you'll find more information at moodyconferences.com. Well, Mark, thank you. Now, before we go, let me remind you about our brand new Bold Step gift, a book called Love Over Fear. To request your copy and give a donation of any amount, just go online to boldstepsradio.org or give us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift through the mail Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And did you know that you can also hear these programs anytime and anywhere by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast on your phone or mobile device? Just open up your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. And don't forget to click the subscribe button. And then be sure to leave a five-star review or comment to help other listeners learn more about the program. I'm Wayne Shepard reminding you to join us tomorrow when Mark begins a new series called Fully Devoted. It's coming up Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.